Humanizing Quantum. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is William Whirling Hurley, CEO of Strangeworks Incorporated. Welcome, Will. Hi, thanks for having me, Tanya. Give us a brief summary of your background in subatomic physics and quantum, and tell us what Strangeworks does. So there is zero background in subatomic physics, so super easy. Um, I, my career has been basically commercializing blue sky technologies, kind of bringing them down to earth. And so I did that at Apple, uh, ended up in R&D in the early 90s, mid to kind of early mid 90s, ended up going to IBM as a principal engineer, spent a few years there, and then have done a variety of startups and big company jobs that were all around taking things like quantum computing that were just outside our reach and trying to help make those through community, through open source, through better toolings and, and understandings, more available, more democratized. What does it mean to humanize quantum? So when we say humanize quantum, first of all, thank you for asking that. It's, it's that nobody ever does, but we want to see quantum computing be available to as many people as possible and be used to better the human condition and be used by as a diverse group as possible. What we mean is this, you're talking about the first shift in the past hundred years in computing technology. And as we know, with technology, there's kind of a digital divide. There's the haves and there's the have nots. And what we'd like to do is make sure that as this new technology, which is far more powerful and in many ways viewed as superior, uh, comes to being, comes into reality, it's as available to a wider group as possible, to as democratized as possible. Uh, that means everything. That means in the cost of it, but it also means in the knowledge you need to be able to use it. Um, you know, we have from the beginning questioned the ability of humans to program very large scale quantum computers in the future. And we see these things more as QPUs, right? So you have a TPU and a GPU and an FPGA, all these for, you know, specific devices for specific functions. That's kind of the way we think quantum will go, but that means there needs to be layers of abstraction. There needs to be easier ways to program. There needs to be integration with other tool sets uh, that may have nothing to do with quantum computing or even data science or related fields. Maybe it's a life science application. Uh, maybe it's Excel. Who knows what the future holds? So we want to make sure that this is humanized so that people understand it. They understand it easily. They have access to it and their ability to benefit from it is increased by the work we do here at Strangeworks. As you suggested, classical computing and quantum computing are best at solving different kinds of problems. So what problems are best solved using quantum and what are the hurdles and frictions involved today in using quantum? So when you see a lot of people in the quantum space talk, they talk about chemistry in specific areas. I like to take it a little bit more general. So think of a problem. A lot of people use a traveling salesman problem. It's not the perfect example. Also, you know, gender specific today, not great. But if you think about just traveling and a lot logistics and optimization, we're gonna send someone to 14 cities and we wanna do that in the most optimized fashion and we have all these variables and maybe my laptop takes 1600 seconds or so to figure that out. But if we go to 22 cities, right? increasing just by a very small number, then all of a sudden that same laptop takes 2000 years and you go to 28, it takes longer than the time of the known universe. So the way we like to look at it is there's a series of problems 
in where you increase the variables and the evaluation time of these problems take forever. So it's not that a classical computer could solve that problem. It's that it might take thousands or even in some cases millions of years to get to an answer. We don't want to wait that long. And so we think that this technology will be much more broadly applied than people are thinking right now. Think about computing in the early stages. Think of all of the famous historical lessons we've learned where people said, you know, CEO of IBM, you know, Thomas Watson says, I don't think there'll need to be more than four computers. And people are like, well, you would never use computers for television or you would never this and look at what we're doing right now. I think it's far too early to decide what quantum can be applied to and what it can't. But we do know that there's computational complexity that we can apply it directly to. And we do know that that computational complexity in some areas causes those evaluation times to soar. And that's really where it's going to be beneficial because that's where you start getting into drug discovery and new cures for diseases and material sciences that'll take us to Mars and all of those kind of really big problem sets, environmental challenges, you know, the list goes on and on. These are things where we think this can really be applied and really be beneficial to not just the people in the industry, but to everybody on the planet. How large is the quantum community today? And where can one find the best discussion and information on the topic? So that, that's an awesome question. So when we first started, there was probably about 200 people worldwide that mattered in quantum. And, and that probably is still the case. And that we're probably not included in that number. But when we started, we wanted to build community. I mean, we wanted to be a catalyst for this. So we actually partnered with Stack Exchange. And there's actually almost 10,000 developers uh, and physicists working together about 1,500 or so every day active to answer any questions people have. It's not something that we profit from. It's a free, very open community. All the developers listening will know Stack Exchange, of course, and that's a great place to go. And that right now is probably the largest independent community. Um, very soon, Strangeworks will be launching quantumcomputing.com. Uh, which will hopefully assert that and take that, uh, you know, as kind of the uh, the biggest community. We have uh, thousands of people in different communities worldwide, and we're working on getting them all joined and organized up under this one mantle. And we think that that's going to be super beneficial so that it's easier for people to find resources, not just things by us or other companies, things by anybody in the space. So help surface obscure research papers to where people are able to find them easier, help surface new tools. Maybe there's some hackers out there working on stuff. We publish an SDK, they can publish their stuff into the framework. We have to approve it obviously for security, but outside of that, it's pretty easy to get your stuff on quantumcomputing.com and to this mass group of developers. And then what we're hoping is that that ignites a firestorm of people lowering the barrier to entry for this technology increasing the usability of this technology in just everyday enterprise and everyday development. And then of course, those benefits we talk to, to humanity. I mean, I really think that we've seen not just the power of personal computing and even things nowadays like the iPad. And of course, we all know the lessons of the internet. I think what those things have done for society, quantum computing can do a million, 10 million, a hundred million times more in actual benefits to everything from how we grow crops to finding those cures to making the planet more livable. I think that's super, super important for people looking at quantum computing to understand is this is to me in my 30 years of doing technology as a career, the first time I felt that I'm actually working with a really revolutionary technology. You say that you helped write the book on quantum with Chris Ferry. 
Tell us about that wonderful project. So, so that's a little, so I actually have it. So that, that's a little bit of a joke. The book is called Quantum Computing for Babies. <laughs> and so um, Chris and I met kind of randomly. He was nice enough to include me on this project and we had a great time doing it. And uh, it's super simple, right? I mean, if you look at the book, it starts with, this is a ball, it could be red or blue. <laughs> um, but what we found is, this kind of follows, you know, Einstein's rule, right? If you can't explain something simply, then perhaps you don't understand it enough. And look, I'm the first to admit, when I first came into this space looking at it, I thought I understood a lot more than I really did. And when I got on stage at South by in 2018 and did the keynote on quantum computing and launched this company, I thought, you know, I had some preconceived notions and some research. And then when I got into it now, two and a half years later, you look at it and you say, there's a lot of stuff that nobody in quantum computing knows, right? It's like Richard Feynman said, you know, if you think you know quantum mechanics, then you don't know quantum mechanics. I think the same thing could be said about quantum computing. So writing the book with Chris was kind of a, an amazing exercise for us because I learned just how much I didn't know and just how hard it was going to be to explain this to an average everyday developer. And that's who we want. We want everybody worldwide to have access. And it turns out, you know, two and a half years ago, I would have sat here and told you, you can make a quantum computing developer uh, out of a developer. That's how all development has always worked. Today, I'll tell you, a little bit harder than that. Probably a little bit more time consuming, a little bit more complex, right? You can only abstract so far, and then you reach a point where you have to have a basic understanding, and I say basic, probably more than basic understanding of physics in order to write an algorithm, in order to utilize a machine, in order to understand why things aren't working, right? So it's really, really important, I think, that we continue that path. So as I was awarded an Eisenhower Fellowship in 2018, and my fellowship is around spreading quantum information education. So I went to Germany and Japan, to the super science high schools, and we'll actually be um, working with a few high schools uh, to create programs that kind of a step up from the baby's book, get high school students and first and second year college students, freshmen and sophomores, more active in quantum computing. Try to take the physics side of the school and the computer science side of the school and build a nice bridge between them. Because one of the big issues with this entire field is there's probably 200 people that matter worldwide. And you're gonna need a lot more than that if this is really gonna be an industry, this is really gonna fulfill all the promises that we're saying it will. Absolutely true. Will, and thanks for spreading the word. If, if somebody wants to connect with you, what's the best way they can do that? I'm just at Worley on Twitter. They can feel free to tweet. Um, people do that all the time. Uh, but I'm also just Worley at strangeworks.com. And I have no problem putting that out there. I mean, our job is to evangelize not just the technology, but more importantly, the ease with which people can start getting involved. Now, the learning curve is steep but we don't want people to be afraid of this. We don't want people to hear a physicist or a computer scientist talk about it and talk about the complexities and then shy away from, from diving in there. I believe that, especially with the younger generation, middle school, high school students, we should be teaching a lot more quantum mechanics in those classes, in those primary schools, as well as a lot more computer science, because I think that we can, we can cultivate, if you will, from those students, an amazing quantum workforce that in the next 10 to 20 years will change everything we know about the world. Thanks again for joining us, Will. Thanks for having me.
That's William Worley Hurley. He's CEO of StrangeWorks. So check out his stuff. And you can find more of my interviews right here or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.